Hello, welcome to an unexpected podcast. This is Matt. I'm being joined today by Alisher in Philadelphia, Mick in Old England, Evan, who is now in Ireland, enjoying college, and lurking in the background but unseen is Rainier in the Netherlands, who is having some internet issues and is coming in from his phone uh, with camera problems. So was from once you came. <laughs> that's right. So he will be a disembodied voice for this episode. And for this episode, more countries. that's right. Yeah. We have more countries. More Europe, more European content here, as we have. We've been unsuccessful uh, European players over to the U.S. So uh, what we're going to do is just send our people over to the over to Europe and colonize it. So that's the plan. <laughs> that's what we're doing. Alistair is going to go to Italy, and he'll for sure defect. <laughs> yep. So okay, so. What we're going to do for a concept this time is something a little new. Uh, we are going to do a series of episodes. They're not all necessarily going to be consecutive, um, but we're going to do a series of episodes where we take one of the preeminent competitive lists that's out there. And today it's going to be the host of the Dragon Emperor Legendary Legion. And one of us with some experience playing that is going to come up with a list and uh, by the way, I don't think we discussed points. My list is 650 points. Is that what folks did for countering? Uh, I think I believe you messaged 750 points. You I did 750. 750. <laughs> so we all made 750 lists. But then we all have 650 lists from Articon as well. So so we could just use those. No, let's let's do 750 points. Um, so uh, what I will oh, what I will do is I, I can I can add on I can add on a hundred points of. Uh, figures onto this pretty easily um and uh, then we are going to um i'm going to read out my list and then each of the uh each of the other hosts is going to say how they decided to counter program this and then we are going to go from there um and they collectively are going to decide who they think is the better counter programming one and then I get kind of the final vote as the one who's playing the Dragon Emperor, and I'll explain why I'm I'm most afeard of uh, whichever one I'm most afeard of. So with that said, I think I'm going to go into my list and do some very quick uh, in-the-head calculations here for uh, how much we are. All right, so that'll work. So with that in mind, should we cut to the commercial break and talk about next year's Articon? Oh, yeah. Yes, we should. Go ahead. Go ahead and talk. So Articon dates have already been announced for next year. Are we all going? I can't imagine we're not going. What what dates were announced? I actually missed it. Um, this is not a very good commercial. Um, I believe it was uh, the weekend of the 12th and 13th of August. Actually, sorry, sorry, that's that's 2023. I'm, I'm looking at 2023. I should be looking at I think at it's the 5th or the 11th. I'm pretty confident it's the 5th or the 11th. Yes, that's, that's right. So the 10th and 11th uh, of August is the main event. And the whole thing lasts from the, from the 5th to the 11th. And tickets are going to be going on sale very soon. So I was actually super pleased with, with, uh, with that week because for the first time, it's not clashing with my with my partner's birthday, so I get to play Articon and celebrate her birthday. So that's that's a that's a that's a big win. Yeah, that week works for me too. I'll still be here in the Netherlands. Um, 
And I have that time off of work because I have the teacher schedule. So it works for me as well. Nice. Evan's going to be probably still in Dublin, unless, unless he gets kicked out from university or drops out and becomes a gazillionaire or a billionaire or, or whatever Could they happen. become these days. Or a TikTok influencer, who knows? So it's... Yeah, that's that's going to be my plan. I'm going to post TikTok. I'm going to do one of those NPC streams and just like say random stuff that people make me say. I'm going to make so much money from that. It's going to be incredible. All right. Um, this is a 750 point um, alliance between Moria and Angmar. It contains the Watcher in the Water. Durbers, who is leading uh, four goblins with shield, five goblins with spear, four prowlers, one bad swarm, one warg marauder. And then it is Gulivar, five orcs with shield, four orcs with spear and shield, three warg riders, three dead marsh specters. Uh, it doesn't specify the general, but I'd wager it is Durbers. That makes the most oh, sense to me. We should also do a call out to the author of this list, who is Bilbo Swaggin 7427. Yes. Um, which is a great sure name. That's his real name. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's a great name. And what's, what's astounding apparently is it's so great that there were 7,426 people who selected it in front of him. But, uh, um, but anyway, good, good name, Bilbo Swaggins. And this has been up for a while. It's been a while before we, uh, since we've had a chance to do a list review. So thanks for hanging in. Uh, hopefully your tournament is not come and gone, but at least we'll uh, get a chance mm -hmm. to talk about it now. All right, Alistair, what are your what are your thoughts on this list? Because I know you've had some experience with yes. um, Moria Angmar alliances. I have played Moria Angmar. I have also played the Watcher, not with Angmar. Um, I mean, I'm going to preface what I say by saying, as far as I'm concerned, anything has the capacity to win a three round tournament. Um, I just the nature of how the game is. Ironically, Veto might honestly be a little bit more challenging for this list because what Veto tends to do is it removes like skewed opportunities as well as skewed op uh, disadvantages. And here, like certain scenarios are going to be better for you than others. Um, and I think that veto actually balancing things out could prove to be problematic. That being said, the tandem of the Watcher in the Water and Gullivar is quite interesting. Um, but my mat, like my first like major critique is that only having two heroes that have the ability to lead warriors causes you to have obviously a much reduced uh, model count than theoretically you could have, right? You're already taking three warg riders, three dead marsh specters, you have a warg marauder in there. So you're taking options that arguably are not the most optimized choices. Um, and you're lose you don't have any ability to so like whereas angmar traditionally has the ability to have terror with a negative one bonus and moria has the ability to swarm and hoard out and not really care about anything else beyond that you have neither of those things so if the watcher in the water is not killing several models per turn if uh gullivar is not killing several models per turn you have a massive problem that being said it's hard to have answers for both of those things at the same time um the bat swarm is a cheeky in my view a cheeky deciding factor where like depending on the situation if someone commits too far one way or too far the other way the bat has the potential to be able to um, equalize things pretty quickly um 
And obviously the anti-hero or hero killing potential of this force is quite noticeable. Um, yeah, I think those are generally my thoughts. I just, the biggest thing for me is I, you know, part of it is just like the Philly SBG meta. So like my, like our, our thing is numbers. Like we have a lot of guys who will take very cheap heroes just so they can have, you know, 50 models at 700 to 800 points. And that's pretty common to have like cheap heroes and then like a lot of expensive elites. And now that doesn't always work. Obviously, if someone's coming at you with 45 to 50 models and I don't know, Faramir or Huron is their greatest like opposition, obviously you're going to have the ability to play the field pretty effectively with your two very large heroes. But at the same time, the rest of the army can crumble. And if the rest of the army does crumble, Golovar and the Watcher in the Water are not so resilient to a break that I feel comfortable just, I feel comfortable with that. I, I would say that's my general rundown. Yeah, what are your thoughts? Um, I'd say very similar to what Alisher has to say. I think that just the main flaw of this list is, sure, you can't deal with both Golovar and the Watcher, but your army is so small and its base warriors are so inherently weak that it's not going to be hard for opponents to simply just walk through your army. And then when they break you, if I remember correctly, I know Gulivar's Courage 4. The Watcher is either Courage 3 or Courage 2. Um, and while he does have a lot of will points... Um, yeah, he's in 5 will. Yeah, 5 will. But um, eventually after you break those two models are going to run. Courage 3. Um, courage 3, yeah. So I'd say a couple courage tests, the 5 will, will keep you alive. But especially if there's a caster that's been um, using magic on the on the Watcher, the Watcher's going to run real quick. Um, and then all of your hitting power is gone as well. Um, this army in general also is a has a huge problem with terror-causing armies. Um, with the Watcher, it's less of a problem because he can just use his tentacles and drag models in. Um, but uh, Gulivar struggles with terror, and basically none of your base warriors are going to be able to charge because they're all Courage 2, possibly Courage 1 if the opponent is Harbinger. Um, and it makes things even harder if your opponent has Kirdan specifically because Kirdan has both blinding light and aura of dismay, which means your watcher is really not going to be doing anything. Um, so I'd say while I, I don't want to just like completely trash this list um, because Gulivar and the watcher are an extremely powerful combo. Um, but there are many strong uh, disadvantages that this list has and matchups that it just won't win, which in a three-round tournament isn't the worst thing in the world. Um, but I think this is definitely going to be a challenging list to win with. I'd say if I was going to suggest a change, drop the Marauder for a second Bat Swarm, because I feel like Gulivar and the Watcher in the Water both benefit heavily from having bat swarms and only having one of them means that 
um, it can get shut down with like, you know, one specter, one sentinel. Um, it can get transfix compelled. It can get shot out. It can get charged and just flash killed. Having the two to ensure that you your two monsters without heroic strike will be able to reliably beat enemy heroes is going to be very useful. Um, I'm also not 100% sure about the Goblin Prowlers. You may just want more shields to try and increase your survivability a little bit. Um, but all in all, um, with this list, th those are the two changes I would make is take another Bats Forum and then maybe, uh, maybe dump the Prowlers down and get some shield guys um and possibly convert a specter or two into normal orcs or warg riders into normal orcs to get a banner in there um just to help out your monsters a little bit more just in case um but that's that's a personal choice i'd say gotcha mick what are your thoughts um, yeah, I generally agree with pretty much everything that's been said. Uh, my changes would be, uh, to me, the Prowlers are kind of an additional uh, downside of this list because you already have so few models. You don't want things which have additional, like further disadvantages against against your opponents. So they will be like the first thing to go for me. Um, personally, I'm thinking if you were to drop the four Prowlers, the Marauder, the Warg Riders, and the Deadmar Spectres, that gives you enough points for a captain, 13 goblins, and uh, two orc warriors. So uh, that allows you to fill up three full warbands, pretty much, uh, and have uh, something like 40, 42 models or so. So in my view, that would mean uh, you're more resilient to things. Like I don't, I don't necessarily see that big of an advantage of having a Deadmar Spectre when you have like almost, almost nothing to really take advantage of uh, with his, uh, 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 with their special rules. So, like, I think if you're if you're relying on the Watcher and Gulavar, then they need to be supported with as many models as possible. Otherwise, those models like thir thirty three is just gonna break too quickly, and as soon as you break, you die. My gut tells me that the Spectres are there to counter good shooting. Like, I mean, every time now I've played against Gullivar, the play is always, you know, try to pull a model six inches forward, get Gullivar to charge in, and, like, you're able to, you know, squeeze, a, you're able to condense an 18-inch gap between you and your opponent. I think that's why they're there. But arguably, having a captain for Heroic March would even be better, I think. Well, yeah, like I think if you if you're able to move to move quicker, then you're kind of doing the same thing. Yeah, it's kind of it does become redundant. Yeah, I mean, I think there's, I mean, I think there are users for the Dead March Spectre with Gulivar, and with the Watcher in the Water that you can, you know, you can pull guys out, especially if the other guy has like low courage heroes and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. uh, where you can, you know, start pulling out the orc captains and stuff, and and getting them either within range of the uh, watcher's tentacles or uh, within range of Gulivar. Um, I do. With that said, I do like the idea of kind of dropping all the bells and whistles and putting in a captain and twelve more goblins. I think that's a good idea. Mm -hmm. um, just to to add numbers. The other thing 
The other two things I was also thinking of are, I also agree that if you want to do lesser surgery, drop the Warg Rider, definitely put in another bat swarm. Um, and you can probably drop one of the Warg Riders into a regular orc in order to do that. Because um, I definitely think you, if you can, you want two bat swarms here. One to support um, the watcher in the water so he can pull guys over the line and into contact with the bat swarm. Um, and another to support Gulivar so they can both kind of flap in on one hero and uh, you know, you know, pretty much auto erase a hero a turn if they can get guys that way. Um, the and then the third option I was thinking of is if you wanted to lean into the Deadmar Specter range, you could drop your Warg Riders into um, you could basically turn your your Warg Riders with uh, you know a couple of points from from someplace else like dropping the Prowlers to regular Goblins. Um, and get like more Deadmar Specters. So you actually had kind of like a front line of Deadmar Specters. Um, so you basically you would create a you create kind of a terror wall. Um, and a terror wall backed by Gulivar's um uh, Harbinger of Evil, um, which would be somewhat of a problem. Plus, then you could have like, you know, say six courage tests to pull um, pull guys out so that there's no shooting or um you know, pull guys out for a Gulivar to uh, to jump on, or just you know, kind of pull guys out and put them in the wrong position and kind of mess with them. Um, that was my other thought there. I think all of those work. Yeah, I, I do say for a three round tournament, I think this is going to be a really fun list to play, um, and it's going to lose in certain situations. I think there are going to be certain situations like contest of champions where it's going to be absolutely terrifying, um, and. Uh, uh, I mean, it has the veto system, so you can get around that. But um, I think there are going to be there are going to be some fun games you're going to have with this. So, okay, so here is uh, here is my list. So uh, my list is going to have, of course, it's going to be led by the Dragon Emperor. There are going to be uh, uh, six. Um, well, okay, now it's going to be led by a dragon emperor, and he's going to have his six bears, which is the next, which is the next entry on my army list here. But nobody cares about that because everybody knows they're there. Then we're going to have fifteen black dragons with pike and shield. We are going to have one black dragon cataphract with a war drum, and have two black dragon cataphracts to make out the triumvirate there. And that's going to be his war band at eighteen figures. Then we are going to have Brogir the Conjurer. And Brogir the Conjurer is going to have three Easterling warriors with sword and bow. He is going to have two Easterling warriors with pikes. Uh, he is going to have, actually, we're going to make that four Easterling warriors with pikes. And then he's going to have three uh, Easterling warriors with just shield. So that is going to make his warband a total of, I believe, 10 models. Then we're going to have Rutabi's Warband. Uh, Rutabi is going to have uh, 10 Easterling Warriors with shield, uh, two Easterling Warriors with pikes, and two Dragon Cult Acolytes. So that is going to bring her to 14 warriors in her warband so that would be a grand total of uh 
19, 11, and 15. So that brings us up to 45 models in this warband and the ability to dump the palaquin and get six more. Um, so that's, that's my list. I guess I could have gotten the option and put in a, um, uh, a, what are those, what are those guys called? Night. Um, but, uh, I elected to go with more warriors for this. So that is the list. So, uh, let's see, I'm just going to go, I think counterclockwise on my screen. So, and then get to Rainier last because he's not on my screen. So, Alisher, what do you have to put up against this 45 model Legion? Can I just, check, right. can I just check before before we go there? Um, just just one note. I noticed uh, you have two Acolytes. Uh, I just recently played a tournament against um, uh, at, at 800 points and someone had like, I think it was like five or six Acolytes backed by uh, double pikes. And they ruined my front line. Like it was so one-sided, I just couldn't believe it. So just a just a flag. There is there, yeah. there is a possibility of more acolytes. Yeah, so that's a different way to run it. I, you know, and I haven't done this because it's always been my preference to have um more models. I mean, part of it is I only own three acolyte models. Um the other the other problem I've had with this is that if you if you run into a shooting army, what, what were you playing, Nick? Uh, well, I didn't have any bows on my on my side. Yeah, so that's I, yeah. the problem. <laughs> oh yeah, exactly. It's a, it, it sort of polarizes things a bit more because if you yeah. if you if you're playing against someone with no bows, you just destroy them. And if um, you yeah, I mean, you, you can't. The the problem is if you back them up by two pikes, they get trapped and they just they if they lose a fight, they die instantly. But they, so they will die instantly them. anyway because they're d four. Yeah, I mean, you get you get a lot of dice. That's that's certainly true, but. Um, you know, if 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 like heroes can get into them, they can just cut them apart. Mm -hmm. um, and the other thing is, the other thing is shooting. If you have any shooting, they just get they get shot apart. And I hate losing eleven. I think they're eleven points. I hate losing eleven point models to you know just getting shot down. Mm -hmm. But uh, but anyway, yeah, cool. I just wanted to flag it. Yeah. Alternate technique. Yeah, I may have missed it. Then you do not have a captain in your list. Do not have a captain in my okay. list. It's um, Emperor Rotabi Burger. Okay, that's what I figured. Um, I went with, or as I was trying to think about countering this, I went through the route of Mirkwood. Um, and I guess I'll explain that after I read through the list. I did ally it. I've tr I made a pure Mirkwood list, and then I tried some allying. I think at 800, pure Mirkwood works very well by itself. At 750, I just think it's lacking. So... The ally that I have is just a Lake Town contingent, which is pretty standard, but it's Thranduil with the crown, armor, swords, no horse. I know that's a fairly controversial decision. Uh, six elves with a shield, one elf with a banner, four with bow, two palace guard with shield and spear, one knight with a shield, um, one elf with a glaive and a shield, two elves with just a glaive, and then Legolas on horse, four elves shield, six elves bow, five elves shield and glaive, and then a lake town captain, three warriors that are bare, four warriors with spear, and three warriors with bow. So it's 45 models. It has the capacity to have between 14 and 16 bow shots. Uh, 12 of the, no, 11 of those are elf shots, uh, and then it has eight mic total. Gotcha. Um, and remind me how many palace guard there were in total? Just two. Just, just the two. Ooh. 
Um, and and how many elves in Thranduil's warband again in total? Uh, six, seven. I believe it's counting him. It's eighteen, but it's seventeen like warriors in his warband. Right. Okay. And then how many Legolas? Uh, it's max, so fifteen, and then sixteen counting him, and then it's ten Lake Town warriors, eleven if you count the captain. Okay. So talk through your strategy on this. Yeah, I think so. In general, elves obviously, I think, win out in the dueling from the like it's kind of a dice up in terms of who wins out in the dueling. Obviously, um, unless you're playing Lothlorien, elves don't have pike capacity. But what I find is that if you have um, the elven blade, really helps a lot. Obviously, it helps kind of tilt some of the edge against fight five. Um, I also find that. Like in my limited experiences playing against um, Easterlings, like you may have 45 models, but you don't necessarily have the same width of um, a battle line because many of them are pikes. So like what I've found when I try to play against them is my I'm always like in a position where I either need to or I'm working to surround. So while I think the elves, because they're five five with Elven Blade, they can hold out longer against uh, instances where they have to fight Pike or uh, a firm Pike block as they're trying to get around. And then once they get around, if they can start managing to get two on two fights that are a little bit more traditional, the Elven Blade makes uh, will kind of be a difference maker there. Um, the Lake Town Warriors, obviously, their primary objective is to flush in. Um, with uh, the elf war bands as much as possible. Um, this is like in general, I I think that the Lake Town war band is more of a difficult call than it could. I like for me, it's a more difficult call than it may seem. I don't really like the idea of trying like to have random low courage guys trying to hold positions on a board um, because of the way many tournaments are playing right now with uh, games just coming out of each pool, there's only one pool that's really bad for me. I mean, in Maelstrom. So I'm not too worried about that. I think I can play around that pretty well. And then obviously I think perhaps the centerpiece to it all is Thrandall giving the three inch bubble of um, plus one to wound. The Obviously like the idea of having the crown for the nature's wrath is very important as well, because then that's just, if you can get a good position, you knock down a good chunk of Easterlings um, hope preferably in such a way that your opponent can't resist it with one of their heroes if that's unavoidable it's unavoidable but if you can manage it that's huge because then you're getting more out of the nature's wrath because you have a higher possibility of killing things i like thranduil on foot because he rarely loses fights to be perfectly honest um and i can get a substantial amount of dice if for whatever reason i wanted to Something that I've experimented with, with just Thranduil's halls in general, is to put a palace guard um, behind Thranduil. And then if I can, I just faint with Thranduil. Um, it comes up in East with Easterlings more because obviously the support by itself is fight six. So I negate that entirely. And then Thranduil's re-rolling ones, the support gets plus one to wound. Um, and Legolas can harass Brogear if at whatever point Legolas is able to kill or harass Brogear enough then Thrandall pops up the terror um yeah his tariff or aura of dismay which just adds another level i think this army just has a lot of um layers to it the bows obviously as well are very helpful having you know up to 16 shots with 11 of them being elf bow is quite substantial 
or 12 of them, I think, being elf bow, I would say is quite substantial. Um, so that's just my general rundown. Yeah. So just before we go on to the next list, I will say this is definitely a list that I would fear with the Dragon Emperor. Um, it's a list that I've fought before, and this is one of the few lists that can really stand toe-to-toe um, with the phalanx for the reasons that you state it's it's also going to be fight five you know fight six in appropriate circumstances depending on where you put the palace guard um and uh and it's going to win ties uh with the or it's going to tend to win ties um with the elven blade and then if it wins ties it's pretty likely to wound at least close to thranduil and i think by the way at least against this army putting thranduil on foot is the correct answer because what happens if you put Thranduil on a horse is he duels the emperor head to head or he duels like Rutabi and another, you know, pike file head to head. But if he is on foot, he can go in against the emperor with a bunch of friends. And if he wins that fight, um, you know, they can take the emperor down because um, they've got enough strikes coming that way or, you know, take him off his palaquin if they want to go that way. Which you know may be the maybe the better way to go with you know going in and Thranduil wounding the Palaquin on on you know five ups. Um, I find Foot Thranduil's just really versatile. Not to cut you off, I just like with the horse. Whenever I play against Thranduil's halls, and it's part of the reason why I don't do it now that I'm playing Thranduil's halls, is like if you lose a heroic move, you're stuck with three dice. Um, if you're on the horse, if you're not on the horse, it becomes infinitely more challenging because he's going to have four dice. If he has a banner, that's five dice to win the fight. If he has a support that's six right off or yeah, six right off the bat, like it puts you in a, I think he's more versatile that way, at least in this matchup. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you in this matchup. I mean, I think Thranduil on an elk or Thranduil on a horse has his uses in different matchups, but I, I agree with you in this particular matchup. Um, you don't want to spend the points on that, spend the points on guys. So, all right. Um, okay. So before we talk that further, I think continuing our counterclockwise march, uh, the next person we have is Evan. All right. So I sort of had a similar idea um, to Alisher, though my, my execution of that idea is slightly different. I decided to take I guess some would say a more unorthodox sort of list, um, which is I took a Numenor Lothlorien alliance. Um, and in that alliance, uh, first warband and the leader is Galadriel, uh, no mirror or anything like that. And then she's got uh, two Galadrim knights with uh, shield and elf bow, uh, eight Galadrim warriors with shields, uh, four guards of the Galadrim court. Uh, one Wood Elf Sentinel and three Wood Elf Warriors with Elf Bow and Wood Elf Spear. And then from the Numenor contingent, uh, there's uh, Isildur with uh, Horse, Shield, and the One Ring. And then there's uh, seven Warriors of Numenor with Shields, uh, one with Spear, Shield, and Banner, two with Spears and Shields, and five with Bows and Spears. And then finally, there's a Captain of Numenor with Horse, Shield, and Lance along with uh, a warrior of Numenor with bow and spear and a warrior of Numenor with shield. So all in all, it's a bit smaller. It's 38 models. Um, and basically the, the thought process behind this list 
is you have a decent number of fight six with the four Galadrim court guards along with Isildur. Um, and you also have Galadriel who can basically use her magic to either harass the emperor and try and drain his resources or just shut down Rutabi and attempt to set her up for a quick and easy kill uh, with Isildur and the Numenor captain. I think the Numenor captain and Isildur are probably the most useful aspect of this list against the Easterlings, just because they threaten either if the Emperor's untrapped and he calls something like a heroic defense, they immediately threaten killing the Palaquin, because what happens is the captain charges in with his lance, and then Isildur goes two-handed with the ring on, and then basically what ends up happening is you have three dice with the the knight charging with lance, uh, wounding on fours on the palaquin. So that'll do, uh, you know, one or two wounds. And then same with the sildor. And then you'll have Numenor spears in there as well, which are strength four. So generally, you'll either reduce the palaquin to one wound or zero wounds, both of which are extremely useful for you. And then if you're lucky and you're able to get Invisible Isildur behind the Palaquin because he can move through models, you can trap him. And if he doesn't call a heroic defense, you can just kill the Emperor like that. And there's absolutely nothing they can do about it. This is especially potent if Galadriel's been able to put a transfix on the Emperor. If you can't get in the right position to kill the Emperor, you can always throw a compel on Rutabi, pull her out of the line, and then she will just instantly fold to an Isildur and a captain charging in. Um, and other than that, uh, other than the hero killing power, the ability to have a combination of defense six, fight five models, some fight six models scattered in there, and strength four warriors of Numenor, which are able to crack the Easterling defense, I think makes the shield wall quite effective against the Easterlings. So that that was my pick for a list to counter. Yeah, so this is a yeah, this is a scary proposition. Um you know the the other thing you could do with Galadriel, by the way, is um uh use Galadriel to shut down Brogir. Um because uh Brogier so another is, thing about that, by the way, is remember Isildur has a six-inch resistant to magic bubble. Yeah, okay. So it gives you extra insurance against Brogir as well. I forgot for to the, mention that. Sorry. For the Numenorians, yeah. Um, uh, the, uh, yeah, I mean, depending on how it goes, I mean, because that's, Brogir is the way, you know, at least on a Hail Mary, you can kind of get out of that situation of being surrounded because he can tremor somebody that's in the combat and knock everybody down. Um, you're still going to get a chance to resist. Remember that, is, yeah, Isildur can resist, and he's got resistant to magic and will points. And so. will points. But, uh, yeah. you know, if you could, you know, you can also keep, you know, it, the, the, tra the transfixed is almost redundant if you're getting all this stuff in on the Emperor. In that case, you know, the, the ace in the hole is Borgir and being able to shut him down with the transfix. Um, pretty reliably is I think probably a a good thing. Um, yeah, this is this is also another another uh, scary one to deal with. So okay, I think having heard that, um, let's go to uh, let's go to Mick. Yeah, I'm just gonna give you an easy mode on this one. Mm -hmm. 
Um, so I didn't necessarily uh, write a list specifically for this. Uh, just I wrote a list which is similar to what I played at Articon and uh, I played a game against Dragon Emperor in that tournament and won quite easily. So um, this is the Riders of Theoden Legendary Legion. Uh, first Warband has Theoden with eight Royal Guards with Throwing Spears. Second Warband is Gambling with Banner with five Riders. Then it's Derwine um, with six Riders. And Dernhelm with Throwing Spear and eight Riders. So in total, this is 30 models with 17 riders with bows and eight royals with throwing spears. So um, everything except uh, Theoden, Gambling, and Derwine throws or shoots. And the idea here is that generally I find with, with Rohan that you uh, are quite scenario dependent, but there are there are certain scenarios which pretty much regardless of what, you, of what your opponent is doing, you can um, run around. You can find objectives. You can um, you can you can pretty much accomplish your mission without necessarily uh, engaging into 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 the sort of ball that uh, Easterlings really like to play. So Easterlings are are really exceptional when when everything comes together, but as soon as you start stepping away from Emperor and and spreading out, then then that's when that's when they can be picked off. And so this list does that exceptionally well um, in 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 probably about half of the scenarios. In the other scenarios where you have to run head in, well, head on, um, it's very little I can do, to be honest. Uh, but there's always bows, there's always throwing spears, and there's three heroic strikes, um, which are going to be free uh, one time, plus potentially unlimited might and marches. So... There's always there's always something that can be done regardless of of the scenario and regardless of what's going on. Yeah, I mean that is that is something to think about. I mean, so as you say, a lot of this this is going to come down to which scenario we end up playing because there are going to be some scenarios where correct. Yeah, I think I'm going to have the advantage. Some scenarios you're going to have the advantage. But even in the ones, as long as you can avoid kind of getting overrun, right? where um, I get within six inches of you with my ball, probably by drumming and then, um, and then win the roll off and uh, get into you. That's obviously a bad outcome for you, but mm -hmm. um, as long as you can avoid that, you can still, you know, you can still call death and just send, send all your fight five heroes um, into just random guys and then just tie up my heroes with, with, uh, you know, riders who are destined to die um, and uh, and just, you know, just go in and just kill them. Right. And, you know, see if you can just take out like six, uh, six pikemen with that on top of whatever else you can get with uh, the rest of your riders. And I think that's um, that's a pretty scary proposition for me to go into. Yeah, and actually another thing that, that came out of that one game at Articon actually was where um... Obviously, you have to declare your drum before heroic moves are declared. Is that right? At, at the at the beginning of the phase. I think it's after. Phase. I think it's after. Um, let me. Let's just let's just double check. Uh, yeah. Because I've got a look. because because obviously knowing knowing that you're drumming and well, actually, even even if it is after heroic moves, my point was going to be that whenever. 
you do drum, uh, it, it, it's going to be declared before movement happens anyway. That is true. So uh, your drum covers a lot of troops. And so I can then decide, okay, well, if you're, if you're drumming, then you won't be charging this turn. So, so, so I can be doing things like charge just one guy and then ensure that he doesn't get countercharged. So that was a, there was a bit of a strategy going on with that in, in, in one of the, in one of the recent games. So yeah, there's just, there's just a lot of options that can be done both. So as the, just as the rules are written, unless there's an FAQ on this and, and I'm not aware of it, that determines order. Um, it, it's done at the same time as heroic actions because they both say at the start of the move phase. Mm -hmm. So it is it is essentially a heroic action. Cool. Timing wise. Yeah, no, so there's just the fact that you have a drum means that you can move nine, but obviously you can always move nine because there will be times where you decide to drum, but actually it wasn't the correct thing to do as as as, as drumming. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, one of the things you can do that's always interesting is if somebody, if you're facing somebody with with your extra cavalry movement, if somebody declares that they're going to drum because they're outside of six inches of you, um, and and you're close and you end up moving first, you know, whether you're calling a rogue move or whatever, you can just ride up in their face and get an inch away from them, yes. even if you don't want to charge them, um, and you can do this with a march too if you have priority get right up in their face and just kind of wall them in to wherever they are. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure that's really kind of what you necessarily want to do because that puts you in the 50, 50. Uh, I'm not sure that's necessarily well, what you want to do. It depends. It depends on the, on the situation you're in in a scenario, because, because sometimes, yeah. sometimes you just want to stop someone for a turn and, and that will be just enough for you to win the game because of, because of whatever timing or whatever objective and so on. Um, the, I mean, the other thing you can do is if there's, you know, if there's a choke point is just, you know, you don't bring your whole army up there, but you just, just send one rider up yeah. so that, um, that, you know, you can't go through the choke point because you get, can't get within one inch of that guy. And if he jumps the one rider the next turn, that's fine. And then, you know, he surrounds him and then you charge into, into whatever else. Mm -hmm. So, um, okay. Got it. Understood. Um, so Renair, where are you, uh, where are you on your thoughts on the other side? Yeah, so my thought was just do exactly what the Easterlings do and do it better. <laughs> so with that in mind, I took a Lothlorien and Fellowship Alliance. Oh, I thought, I thought Rainier was going to take Easterlings, but better Easterling list. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Easterlings <laughs> No. No, I've got, um, so I have Celeborn, who's fully kitted out. He is leading seven um, Fountain Court Guard, one uh, Wood Elf with Banner and Spear, and seven, seven Fountain elf. Court Guard the Celeborn's leading? Or not Fountain Court Guard. Lord have mercy, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I take it you mean, um, uh, what are they? Gladrum Guard. Yeah. Guard of the Court, yeah. So he's got seven of them, one Wood Elf uh, with Spear and Banner, uh, seven and seven Wood Elf. After him comes Rumel. Rumel is leading six Wood Elf and six um, more Guard. And then allied in comes Boromir on horse with shield and Legless on horse. So the idea was to kind of do, I have 31 models, 15 might, 
and a banner. And I do have March with Boromir. So the idea was to kind of do what um, Easterlings do, but do it a little better. Um, I would have pikes basically fight six across the whole board. I would have four war four heroes that could kind of rogue combat with fight six or hold their ground um, against a hero at, with fight six. Many of them are uh, elves as well. I have Boromir and Legless on horse in case the armies are split up so they can kind of go ham um, against, let's say, uh, Easterling Warband if they're by themselves. And yeah, the basically, basic uh, gist of my play would be to get fight six in all the right places and to double-handed with the elf warriors. Because I, I played um, Klansmen a lot back in the day, and I do like how they're only eight, eight points and you can kind of get cheeky kills. So the Wood Elves at only eight points were a way to kind of get the numbers up and get some killing power. So I would have a battle line of fight six and uh, two-handed whenever I need it to, so plus one to kill along with those heroes. And of course, Legless in there is to harass Borgir or take out um, a few models if he needs. So yeah. Um, all right. So let me let me just ask some questions. How many models total again? Thirty-one. Thirty-one models. And composition of Celeborn's warband was, I think, it was seven Galadrim court guard, seven Wood Elves. Was it Wood Elf yeah. with with sword? And one banner. And then what was in Rumil's warband again? Rumil was six and six. Six Wood Elves and six Galadrim. Yeah. Um, all right. So, um, all right. So, yeah, I mean, I get the theory here. I mean, the, the potential I have is I'm just going to get out fought all across the board. Um, the, I guess the, the downside on this is that, um, if I, if I win a combat, your wood elf in the front is dead. Oh, um, for sure. <laughs> the, um, and which, which creates kind of an interesting dynamic because this is a situation where I think I actually, I can just go ahead and spread out because um, I'm not, I, I don't, there's a point where I cease to, I cease to care about the plus one fight value here. Um, so I can, I, I just concede fight value. I'm going to lose ties and I just actually try and spread out and you, cause I outnumber you and I use my numbers against you um, and, uh, and try and win that way and kind of trust to my higher defense um, over your, uh, my higher defense and my 12 inch banner over your uh over your fight value which is an interesting fight um i'm not sure how that uh ends up working out i guess the other thing that i would be concerned about rainier if i were you is if i can get burger into a position where i can i can tremor down a line of wood elves um because because they're gonna die easily yeah um, my only thing the army bonus is uh resistant to magic you do not have resistant to magic which is you know, which is good enough, but, uh, but still. Um, all right. Well, cool. That's interesting. All right. So well, I'm going to sum up here. And then I think what we'll do is we'll do the voting from um, uh, voting from the panel. And then as you guys are kind of talking through um, why you chose what you did, I'm going to, um, uh, I'm going to go against the ones that, that I'm um, kind of most scared of. So to sum up, we have Alisher who did a Mirkwood Lake uh, Lake Town Alliance with uh, Thranduil on foot. Um, uh, Legolas was Legolas on horse. I can't remember. Yeah, 
Yeah. yeah Terrain wall on foot, Legolas on horse, and then a Lake Town captain um, with a total of, I think, 45 models. We were matched model for model in that. Um, and, you know, he's he's relying on the, uh, the, the high fight value and the elven blades and the plus one to wound to kind of just cut through me. Um, and then we had Evan. Um, Evan had uh, Galadriel, Isildur with a ring, and um, uh, a captain of uh, Numenor, and uh, and then I think you had you had uh, four Galadriel guards here. So this is this is basically an attempt to assassinate the um, well, assassinate whomever you can, whether it's it's uh, Rutabi um, or uh, the Emperor, but ideally to just to take the Emperor out with Isildur um, coming behind to, to try and trap the Emperor and putting the Captain into the front with 38 models. Um, then we had uh, Mick, and Mick went mounted here, and you had a total of... Um, 30. 30 models, um, all of whom are mounted, and a whole bunch of shooting. Um, and then the capability to come in called death and get a whole bunch of strikeups. And then uh, we had Rainier with a Lothlorien Fellowship Alliance um, with a smaller number of models. I think it was 31, did you say, Rainier? Yeah, 31. 31. Uh, 31 models, but fight six all across the line with the downside being that, wood, you know, defense three wood elves in front. Um, and... Uh, th so those are the options. So why don't we go, um, Alisher? If you were in my shoes, who would you be most afraid of, and why? Um, not picking my list. Probably. And you can pick your you can pick your list. That's that's valid as long as long as you justify it. I, yeah, I like the justification of my list. I think obviously all of these lists are tailored, so they're all pretty good. I think. Um, I don't. It's tough. It, I for me, like it's between my list or it's between Evan's list. Um, my list has no answer for Brogear outside of Legolas harassing him or shooting. I mean, I have a lot of shooting. I think Evan's list had between having resistance to magic and um an aggressive caster, like. Brogear becomes not a non-variable, but a much less of a variable. And then obviously Isildur is just a good hero in general. My only fear with Evan's list is that obviously the Numenorean captain ties the fight of the Easterling warriors. So there's a potential, obviously all of this is like player dependent. There's a potential that the Numenorean captain gets in a bad position, loses his horse and is less effective. Um... So that all being said, I Evan is uh is Sildor mounted? Yeah, you said yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'll go it's with Evan's not. list. I think it the strength four across the board or a much a lot of strength four definitely helps a lot in addition to the other things. All right. Um all right, so you're 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 voting for Evan. I said I'll Evan's list. Okay, got it. Um, all right, so Evan. All right. Um, I'm actually in a in a similar predicament to to Alisher, I'd say. It's between 
my list and his list. I think, I think those two, they seem to be like the most reliable against the emperor because mix is very dependent on scenarios, I'd say. And, uh, Rainier's, um, just because of his low defense has a very high chance of something going horribly wrong and his, his elves just sort of evaporating along with it being a pretty small army. Um, I am inclined to pick my own list just because I feel like um, I have a little bit more offensive potential against the Easterlings just with the offensive casting from Galadriel and the threat that Isildur brings with the ring. I'm not overly concerned um, with the captain only being fight five just because A, he's so cheap. Um, he's 65 points in total. Um, I think 70 actually. Um but he's extremely cheap. And if he loses his horse, you can always chuck a couple Galadrim court guards behind him. And then you can deal with that fight value that way. And he's still pretty good with two attacks and strength four and two might points. Um, but mainly you want to be using him in tandem with the Sildor to get assassinations with his Lance. Um, so yeah, I, I'd say I'd give it a slight edge to my list, but I think the nature's wrath threat from Thranduil is also very strong. Just using it on a turn, um, if you're lucky, using it on a turn where you lose priority and just completely demolishing a flank uh, would be extremely strong. So I'm voting for my list. Right. Mick? I would obviously vote for my list, but in this case, I won't. <laughs> <laughs> um. Having heard arguments for and against Alishur and Evan, uh, I won't be voting for Rainier's list just because I don't think the numbers are enough considering the low defense at the front. Uh, but between Alishur and Evan, I actually would be leaning more towards Alishur's list because, um, first of all, the Nature's Wrath can be extremely powerful, ex especially when you combine it with the plus one to wound that the uh, elves get nearby Thranduil. So the fact that um, Evans' list has Numenorians, obviously with strength 4, so 5 to kill, um, to me gets offset by the fact that Alishir has uh, the, the plus 1 to wound on the pass guard. There, there, there is pass guard in that list, correct? Two of them, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So there is, there is a bit of that. And in general... The fact that you have 45 models over over 38 for Evan, um, I would say you're able to spread further. And again, it's one of those where um, the Emperor's list just likes to bubble up. They don't necessarily like spreading so much. So I'd be I'd be keen um, for you to have a bit more of an advantage because of that. And the other thing is, if you start far away from from Matt, then you're up to 16 bow shots will increase your chances further because because then fight won't start at 45 versus 45. It might start at like 45 versus 40. So at that point, uh, Matt is actually, again, uh, well, yeah, he's uh, he's he's fighting from behind, trying to catch, trying to catch up. So I would vote for Alistair's list. All right. All right. So we've got uh, two for Evan, one for Alistair. Um, and Rainier, your thoughts? I think, uh, having heard all the lists, I would go for Alisher's list. 
Um, but my reasons behind that are just the idea that you come up against scenarios like assassination or fog of war already legless can harass and like kind of get the one up. Matt, you also don't have a captain in your list, so you're not going to go as fast as as you could. So his shooting is going to take out, I would say, like around what 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 Mick said, maybe like four or five models on average, and it would put him up. And then also just that death bubble of Thrandil just tears through anything. And I don't know with his um, defense six elves in the front, if you can match the killing speed as well as the Thrandil bubble. So for that reason, I would go with, with Alishers. Gotcha. All right. Well, it's uh, tied up. So uh, I guess uh, Alisher comes back from behind after after yeah. two nil to two nil to Evan. Now it's two two. <laughs> Who's going to win? Have we got extra time? Yeah. Um. So so this is interesting. I yeah. I become the 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 deciding vote here. Um. Uh. Or I could go the other way. Um. So so let's go through these these lists in reverse order. I, I think. For the reasons previously stated, um, I, I'm not going to select Rainier's list as the um, as the most feared list because I just I and, and part of this is I have just come off the sting of of playing a game where I had Wood Elves, where you know kind of they they went in with you know a bunch of advantages with extra dice and spears and banners and just you know roll the three highest, um, got beaten by ordinary orcs and then died. Um, and, uh, you know, I can see that happening here. I suspect, um, I, I suspect I could probably take this list in a heads up fight just because of the low defense. Um, so I don't think that's it. And, you know, as has been pointed out against Mick, I think there are going to be certain scenarios where, um, he's going to have the advantage. There are going to be certain scenarios where I have the advantage and I think probably because of that, um, because it's more scenario de defend dependent, um, I don't think I'm going to pick mixed list either. So that does bring us down to Alisher and Evan. And boy, this is a tricky decision because I think there, there are lists where Evans is going to be superior. There are going to be lists where Alishers are going to be superior. And there are different things I can do to counter the two of them. Um, and, you know, I am, I am afraid of Alisher's shooting. Um, and I am afraid of Evan's tricks. And I am afraid of Alisher's plus one to wound near Thranduil. And I am afraid of Evan's uh, basically strength, um, strength five uh along with a tied uh fight value here huh so i have to make up my mind and alisher has the the greater models so i think i am going to i think i'm going to pick evans but to a certain extent, this is a coin toss. And I'm saying that the reason I'm deciding this is because I have experience fighting this, this Thranduil army with, with the Emperor army, and I managed to beat it each time. I have not, well, actually, that's not true. Um, 
uh, I did lose to it final round at Articon when we were playing Assassination and lost to it because Legolas, you know, finally plinked out my uh, my hero that was the uh, was the target. Um, but that is one of the inherent advantages of this list. The rest of the time I've been able through, you know, kind of canny play and using putting my heroes in the right place to kind of take down this list, um, even though it was tough and it could have gone the other way. Um, and there's just, there's kind of more unknowns in Evan's unholy Numenor Lothlorien alliance and more tricks in there that I think are really going to put me at an advantage because I have to, I have to do one of two things. I have to keep the emperor out of the fight um, or I need to be very careful about where I place him and the folks that I put behind him to kind of protect his rear from the Isildur sneaks through attack. Um, and it's going to be very difficult to both protect his back and get him in a position where he can still back up. Um, it's going to be really hard to get the emperor into the fight on this list. And if the emperor is out of the fight, um, I'm not sure what I necessarily have that can stop Isildur and the captain coming in. All right. So I'm going to, I'm going to vote for Evan. Um, but with the caveat that I am almost equally afraid of, of Alistair's list and could see that taking down the emperor too. So that's my thought. So I, I think we'll, 52, yeah. 48. Yeah, I think it's a 5248. Yeah. That's right. Um yeah. and uh and Alistair, I'm sorry, you, you fell victim to the fact that other other folks have tried this particular uh one before, although not with quite as many figures. The the addition of the Lake Town Captain to get the additional figures, I think is a good add. And I think the other folks that I played against this Thranduil has tended to be on an elk. Mm. Um and uh that has allowed like the Emperor just to dual Thranduil head up, heads up, or Rutabi and some Pike guys to dual Thranduil's Thranduil head up, and that has been useful. So, all right. So I think it's going to be Evan. The next time we get together, we can do a, uh, we'll do, we're going to do a battle map battle where um, we'll put a, we'll put a battle or we'll put a map up. We'll come up with a scenario and, and Evan and I will talk through our strategies mm -hmm. and everybody else can be in the peanut gallery and critique. Oh, can I just add that my recent game against against Thranduil, Mary stood his ground against Thranduil, so actually it's all the way to Evan. Yeah. <laughs> like well, Thranduil's rubbish. All right, so we are now going to review a list. Who wants to stay in and review a list? All right, Mick's going to stay in. I'll stay. All right. Renier, are you going to stay too? You're in the background. He got it. He's going. Just because I'm using uh, data on my phone right now and I'm about to run out because my internet is messing up right now. All right, Renier, thanks for joining us. I'm Much thoroughly offended, Matt, that you did not choose my wood elf list. <laughs> <laughs> Someday we'll have to we'll have to try that one out and see how it goes. Yeah. Well, good news for you guys. I'm going to play a. I'm going to play. Uh, an event in a couple weeks here in the Netherlands. And then I'm going to play the other one when you guys are coming over. So uh, I will one day become a good player again. All right. Well, um, we'll look forward to see how your wood elves do. <laughs> All right. See you guys. Bye. All right. Take care. I think that's going to bring it to the end of another episode of an unexpected podcast. Um, 
good to hear from you. Let us know what you think about the new format. If you have any any other ideas for other formats, and uh, you know, let us know how things are going. And we'll see you in another few weeks when uh, the Emperor will square off against Galadriel and Isildur in the historic combination. So with that said, bye, everybody.